Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento, Sacramento, Sacramento. Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 37. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm Mr. Kaplan. Mr. Kaplan, you can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America. Kaplan, how are you doing? I'm just, I'm a little bit stumped right now because 37 is the first number we've gotten to. I don't know a, a jersey number. We gave up that bit. I, I know, but I liked it in the intro. Ron Artest, L.A. Lakers. There you go, bam. Speaking yeah. of basketball, this week on the podcast, we got Paul Morrissey, comed- stand-up comedian, world-touring comedian. And I hear he can shoot a jump. He's got a nice jumper. He was also a college basketball player. And multiple colleges. Multiple schools. He's got some crazy stories. He also has a Sacramento connection. We're yep. going to find all about that in a all bit. Right. We're going to dig deep. But before that, big news. What's that? Amazon... Uh huh. They're back. Our enemies. They I thought, wait. Amazon bought Whole Foods. Is that the big news? No. The news is <laughs> the real news. They came crawling back to the Lost in America podcast. They did. That was the Jeff Bezos. He does things and he does. He takes care of all the family business at once. Exactly. Whole Foods make peace with the pod. Well, he must have heard that we were getting a thousand downloads a week. Yeah. Because now, and he probably wants us to stop coming after Whole Foods. He probably does. A little, we, we did come after them on a pod. A little hush money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, they're back, baby. We hushed up. Yeah. I'll take that hush money. So the deal is, if you go go to lostinamericapod.com, click on the Amazon banner, and then do all your shopping regularly, we will get a percentage of whatever you shop for. Yeah. So if you're buying, especially this goes out to people who are buying stuff for their company, maybe yeah. you're the purchaser. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. All you people out there with expense accounts. Yeah, if you're in the purchasing department, if you got a, your friends, you got to get something yeah. for a birthday or a wedding, it's wedding season. Yeah. You're going to be buying wedding gifts for people anyway. And as Amazon starts adding groceries now with the Whole Foods acquisition, you got don't go shopping. Just Scro- order your milk through Amazon. First, go to Lost in America. First, go to Lost in America. Yes, yes. And then click on the banner. What you want to do? Bookmark LostInAmericaPod.com so Make you can easy. always get it. If you don't know what bookmark means, I can't help. Yeah, you. we want to benefit from running at mom and pop stores and regular grocery stores and regular stores just out of business. Well, Amazon's going to do it, and we're going to cash in. They're going to be run out help. of business anyway. Yeah, so at least give so us a few bucks. We might as well wet our beak. 
Done. Right? That's what we're here for. So they're back, the baby. The Amazon, welcome back <laughs> on board. Welcome back to the pod, Amazon. Well, official sponsor. <laughs> yeah. I think Blue Shirt says we could call them a sponsor now. They're a sponsor. Yeah. All right. Now. Good, good ruling. Cab, I think you're lost in America this week. Should I'm we lost get in to America it? every week, but this week in specific. Yeah, let's get to it. Play the music. <laughs> Welcome back. First, Aaron Roots, the music, the man, fantastic. And one one note from that, uh, one announcement. Aaron, as I said last week, June twenty third. For those of our listeners in Sacramento, California, he'll be playing downtown at Caesar Chavez Park. His band ADD also playing with one of my favorite bands from high school, the Mad Caddies. Wow, California awesome. ska punk band. And big news. I will be in attendance, baby. You're flying in for the show. I'm flying in for the show. I got a wedding on Saturday in the area, so I said, you know what, plane detour. We're stopping in. She- Why isn't he playing as the wedding band? He could play that song. I don't know. He could play Lost in, in America. America. Lost, Lost in America. America at the wedding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be it. great. When Randy and I renew our vows, I'm going to have Boom. The- <laughs> You're getting Aaron Roots and ADD to yes. come out? Yes. Book them. <laughs> nice. They'll do it for free, right? So go check them out. Go to that show. See me. Shake my hand. I'll be there. All right. All Same. right. Kaplan, you are going to handle Lost in America I'm this handling, week. I'm going to carry the I'm going to carry the weight here. As far as I understand, someone was literally lost in America. Yeah. Who, who well, for starters, be? I was lost in that Randy, my wife, went to India for a week for work. Okay. So I was man in the fort. Anyway, I survived barely, barely survived. Uh, we have uh, the weekends. Randy comes back. Uh, I, I we go to a birthday party. And uh, we're there, we're talking, we're having a good time, the kids are playing, and it's, a, it's at a farm in Queens. And we all go for the hayride, big hayride. Everyone, is like 20 kids, they all get on the thing. We get on, Randy and I get on the thing, we got Ruby. One problem, we're missing Teddy. Teddy didn't make the hayride. Teddy ride. didn't make the hayride. No, I, the whole time I just thought, like, he's up ahead, he's with the... Uh, so he's in a farm, you're on a farm somewhere, and he's lost in a farm? He's lost in a farm. Uh-oh. Again! Yeah, so, you know, if you remember the Halloween episode... Episode four. Episode four. Um, Teddy, Teddy got, got lost in New York City. So yeah, a farm... During a Halloween parade. I can't decide if a farm's worse or better, because... Right, it was a, it's a big farm. It's like, a, it's like an open farm where you could... There seems like an endless amount of land. But on the flip side, you're like, how far could he go? Well, are they, question, are they farming tall things like corn or is it like stuff on the ground <laughs> that you can, like, can you there's, see him through the there's weeds? There's corn, there's animals, there's like goats and like, it's like a petting zoo kind of thing where you walk around. Okay. Queens County Farm, shout out. So you're thinking, well, where could he go? And you're also thinking, well, this is good for the pod. Also thinking, <laughs> Did you really think good for the pod? A little bit. Nice. <laughs> no. So, you know, you're trying not to freak out too much. And you're also thinking irony because, like, I was able to watch. The, you know, you're, you're more focused and it's just you. Well, when it's also it, ironic uh, that you the, host a podcast called Lost yeah, in America exactly. and now he's lost And the wife's back and I just turn it off. I'm like, yeah, whatever. He's somewhere. Anyway, we start running around. They're doing walkie-talkies. Uh, I can running back to there's like a base. How there's, do we walk? Okay. Oh, there's all these people who work there. Sorry, they have walkie talkies. You hear them? Like I'm running from like station to station where the petting zoo stuff is, and I hear in the walkie talkie people asking, "There's a lost boy. Name is Teddy." <laughs> um, we get to our base, which was like this like underground, this uh, under like an awning like tent thing, 
and there's a woman who was like our guy. She's just standing there. And I was like, we're missing our son, Teddy. She's like, yes, I heard. I'm like, can have you? She's like, oh, I can't leave the spot because um, uh, there's uh, belongings here. There's like purses and stuff. Sure. So she, so she can't look for a child. She doesn't want to lose the the purse. She'd rather People's lose a kid. Stuff is there. Yes, that's more liability rules. I don't know. I, I kind of agree with that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah, she's probably like, it's your fault. It's your responsibility. You're on the hook for that, parent. Uh, so I keep running. Eventually, word comes down that someone found him somewhere. But, like, nobody knows where. There's a lot of confusion. He's somewhere in the thing. Sure. But everyone's on this hayride. And, like, I hear, like, someone in the hayride going, like, let's just start it up and go. <laughs> and then but they, but the one ki- of the parents is. But, a- yeah, one of the parents actually said that. And the person working there before I found him. Oh, that was, the, I should back up a little bit. I ran to the thing and I start asking, has anybody seen Teddy? Has anybody seen Teddy? And I'm, like, interviewing four and five year olds. <laughs> I'm like, did you see where he goes? If You can't count on them as witnesses. They're but- like, they don't give me any information. They got nothing. Like, they literally don't even give me a lie. Like One kid's like, he's up my butt. Like, they don't... <laughs> there's no information. Nobody's, Get that kid on the pod. Yeah, no more sense of urgency. So, anyway, I run back, and we find Teddy. He and he found another birthday party. There was another... Because it's a walking tour you could go on, feeding things. Sure. He just took off with another kid. I heard from someone who was working the other party. Oh, I didn't even know, because he, he made some friends. Yeah, and you don't know one of these kids. Maybe this is one of my friend's yeah, kids. Yeah, I mean, people don't even notice, I guess. Parents don't know all the kids. So anyway, he comes back, and it. I bring him back, and it's like all the kids are chanting, Teddy, Teddy. We'll put some video up. We'll get some video footage of this from another parent. So Amazing. Of us coming back triumphant. Wow. And the last thing I will say like is Rob that, Roy returning yeah, At to the town. end of the hayride, it started downpouring. Okay. Absolute downpour. So we had to run back to the same area where the stuff was. And that woman's still standing there, and there's three strollers. Four, all the stuff she was watching was outside of the underground thing. She's watching her stuff. She was watching the stuff. Literally, she never moved the stuff inside. This is so, I, <laughs> my experience with communists. This is a very communist move. Yeah. The, the job, it, you're ta- taught to do one job, and that's <laughs> you job. do what you do. No right. matter what happens around you, it's not your responsibility. <laughs> exactly. It's not there's your no job. On your feet. At one point, I, there's a, I snuck onto an NBA basketball court, and the reason why is because there was a guard watching the one half of the court, and I couldn't go past him, but there was no guard on the other side. But his job was only to watch that side. <laughs> so he saw you going? So, so he saw me going. He was fine with it because I didn't get past him. I went to the other side, much like this lady. Right. You know, her job like, st- nothing was stolen. So it's all ruined by water. Yes. Yeah, so that's... So uh, sign her up for the comedy Well, and I party. said to her, uh, or, or later, the other person who, the hey, right, have you lost a kid before? You, never in 12 years of my career. But she said, I've never lost a kid. See, there but you I go. I bet you other kids have been lost, but they... Semantics, all- baby. So yeah, the Chinese should take over this uh, Queens County music. It's a nice place for a birthday party, uh, otherwise. All right. Well, Ints is an app. Yes, it is. <laughs> Ints is get it in the in the app store. Record up to five minute voice messages, voice recordings, music recordings, whatever you want. Put them straight onto Twitter. The guys are making it better every day. I think. We should get to our guests. I'm excited about Paul Morrissey. Yeah. This guy's coming in. He's played college basketball. He's also became a stand-up comedian. He's been on the David Letterman show. He's been on the Craig Ferguson show. He's toured the world. This guy's a pro. This guy's big time. He's on the Come to Papa podcast with Tom Papa. Used to be a local broadcaster, I've heard, in Sacramento, too. In the Sacramento area. I'm a a fan, baby. And we know we need to get him to your basketball coach because I heard you came out of retirement. I came out of retirement. I'm hooping now, but I'm playing by myself. Right, we need him to be like your Mickey, running around side you, training you. Yeah, be my <laughs> Mickey, be my, I'll be his Rocky. <laughs> All right. All right, Paul, come on in. Bring him baby. in. <laughs> 
with our guest, Paul Morrissey. Paul, how you doing? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. This is pretty exquisite. I feel like we should have our own uh, keyboard this to is, be in this room. This is Ince, baby. Yeah, and you're the second guest we gave the wrong address to. So oh, you, really? you, oh, yeah. You were lost in America due to us, but thanks for But you're the first one us. He probably won't sue us, because yes. the last was our lawyer. Yeah, he, oh, we had really? him on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Came in pretty pissed off. This is us. a much better neighborhood than bill. your make-believe address, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah good, good. This is great. This is the so, empire. You're a stand-up, uh, a million things, but where we, and you've toured all over the world doing comedy. Yeah. Uh, but we want to start with basketball. Okay. That's special basketball that's what we're most interested in. You, you played uh, high school basketball, le- like legend in the New York area, and then college basketball. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, you know, it's very, it's always weird to talk about yourself, especially since uh, I always preface this by saying I know that I look like I never played before. That's and what so, you said to me in the email. You're like, so, all right, lower your expectations. Yeah, so you're even, playing pick a ball and like we had to pick guys, I probably wouldn't make you my first choice. Right. No so offense. even now, like, that's one of the things that my friends like is they're, they're, they like going to places with me the first time oh. to watch the way other people react to me. The like white man can't oh, like, thing. Yeah, or like, they just uh, completely like underestimate, you know, it's just the thing of like, okay. You're like Billy from... You, uh, you made four <laughs> in a row, and then they're like, he's not going to keep making them. Or, or they just, uh, yeah, it's just like a... Well, let's uh, tell thing. how tall are you? I'm five nine, so You're I was five, never uh, I was never that uh, that tall, and now I'm about thirty pounds over my playing weight. Are you legit um, five nine though? I'm I might be five <laughs> nine and a half. I was five eleven in I the used program. To say on my baseball cards or whatever, I would say like an inch <laughs> higher, you know. Because and like, what about wingspan? You got a seven foot wingspan? Yeah, no, what's no. Your, <laughs> what's your upside? I got small hands, <laughs> short arms. Uh, <laughs> what's your forty time? No. <laughs> I was I was a uh, it was it was one of those things. I was a quick. Like, my brother has speed. He played baseball at Columbia, and okay. he's actually shorter than me. And he loved basketball, too, but he was 5'7". So, uh, but he's got actual, like, speed. I have quickness. So I have, like, I'm fast enough to play, you know, with with guys, but it's it's more of, like, a first and second step. And so when you play against faster guys faster than you, you need all that stuff. And now since I've been, like, we played in the Comedian Basketball League. We were Sean Kemp's kids. That was the name of our team. <laughs> nice. So that was Ari and Adam Ray and San, uh, Ari Andrew Spear. Santino. Sean, yeah. Sean Kemp have a lot, a team of a lot of depth. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> yeah. Was that in New York or L.A.? L.A. We kind of, st- they started, like, a little Comedian League, and, and it was fun because we all just started playing a lot. And, uh, so I grew up playing because my dad was a coach. He coached high school and he ended up coaching college. And he's like in the New York Hall of Fame, like Section 4. He won a bunch of titles and stuff. And so I just grew up playing. And I wasn't very good until about ninth grade. I finally grew a couple inches and just started playing all the time. So so I studied everything. So once I could do all these crossovers and everything, uh, I became a really good like uh, high school player. So I averaged like like 22 points a game. I had a great center that was went on to play college too. Averaged like 20 points a game. And uh, our big rival was a guy named Rob Baxter, and he was a starting point guard for Fordham. So we were both kind of like all-state point guards. But oh, I was just, yeah, but I was just so small. I was 5'8", 130 pounds at that point. As a senior in high school? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So even though I was I was putting up numbers, it was like, hey, this kid's That's too right. small. But you know? East didn't recruit you. For <laughs> we're we're going to put this, for all listeners, we're going to put this on our Twitter and on our Facebook, uh, the highlights of you. 
you playing basketball in high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Oh, I was Kaplan and I were watching those yesterday. <laughs> They're fantastic. Oh, yeah. Just, so, you know, a little bit like so, so I could dribble a little bit and just had kind of a quick like crossover and getaway moves. But I, pl- I played with, I loved passing and I loved uh, just the way, the way the Warriors play now is like yeah. the way that I, our team, we always try to outscore people. That was the Warriors thing. ripped you guys off. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So yeah, we have a big international listenership. Okay. And what I found interesting about your story is that you, if you were born in another country, the way high school sports work in America is mm-hmm. not the same abroad. Those guys, kind of get drafted or get signed to professional teams at age like 15. Right, right. And then they're starting to get paid all the way through. I mean, you, you played till you were 22. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he, the thing was the early influence was my dad had a guy who played. He just loved playing. Like, And that's one of the first things that got us interested in traveling, you know, because I grew up in this small town. And so... As soon as I was like the good the guy who played basketball in my town, I would go to the you know Binghamton had this great pickup park where uh, King Rice he used to play for North Carolina. Yes, he's the, yeah, he's the host of Mon, or uh, coach of Monmouth now. Oh, is he okay? But he played uh, you know guys like that would just play, and then we would just travel all over. And there was even a book that had like every pickup game in the country and had, like, the salt and pepper shakers for if it was white game or black game. Really? And yeah, yeah. Oh, like open mic lists in uh, comedy. Yeah, and it was one of those things I would want I if I had a group of guys and just travel and play basketball like you would for comedy. That's what my first kind of got me into, you know, traveling and stuff. And uh, so I would just play in every pickup game I could or every league I could. And, and uh, But I ended up, uh, my dad... My dad retired from high school coaching after I graduated and then uh, ended up taking a junior college job at Broome Junior College. And it was like it was like a movie, like he had like seven players and the and the assistant coach and the equipment manager had to come into scrimmage. So they had enough guys and stuff. <laughs> but then I ended up going to play for him and we went to the national championship. We had this like ragtag group oh, wow. of guys and. Everyone was like five ten and a shooter, and we I think we averaged like a hundred and ten points a game, and uh, nice had like yeah five ten. It's like Hoosiers or something. Was we it? had we had one guy who was like an older guy that might have gotten in trouble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have one of those. And, uh, and like went to Erasmus Hall down here. Was like a New York City legend, and uh, he was on our team, and you know twenty point a game guy just could score on anybody. So I had a I was like the region three MVP. There's only like six regions in the country. So it was basically like an All-American in junior college. And then Binghamton University was going Division One, So I was like their hometown kid coming to play point guard. And they had a 73-year-old coach uh, that was like had more wins than Dean Smith. And he was going to be the architect. And it, I had a couple of my friends come in. And the guy turned out to be uh, completely insane. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. All right. So I was like the starting point like guard. Disciplinarian, insane, or just like I don't. Just... There's a, there's a whole bunch of levels legally oh. that I'm probably and the guys like a, uh, not no one anymore. This. this isn't like a Sandusky <laughs> thing. Is it? <laughs> no, no. But just a, you know, not uh, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of cool that you know, and that was my first thing of like, oh, I went to all these different atmospheres and and traveled and played with four different teams. You know, I ended up starting like 125 college games or something like that. It's amazing. So it was like, was, you know. Was there any, uh, because basketball is one of the only, like, it, 
I think it's the most global American sport. So soccer right. is the most global sport, but we didn't invent soccer. We invented basketball, right? <laughs> Which is much better. I mean, it's way better. And it's, so we invented it, so it's better. And it's the sport. It's the by far the most global. Yeah, uh, it's everywhere. You can put a basketball court anywhere in the world. All you need is a ball and a hoop, and you can go play, right? And um, so therefore, it's the sport that like there's a career opportunity for more people after high school, after college right. than it, football, NFL football, American football is like almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And then baseball is if you, maybe you can go to Japan, but they're really good too. Right. Or Cuba, but they're, I mean, they are pro teams. <laughs> plus they're not letting the UN. You can't leave Cuba. <laughs> yeah. That's the hard it's part. Way around. So that's, to go that's what's so, um, from an international angle, what's so interesting about the sport and there's fans everywhere. Did you have any interest in going abroad to play? My, my dad, uh, had a player who went, this guy ended up being my freshman coach who played in Ireland. Like he kind of scoped out, like you could be a coach and every club team had like one American and he was just like a great three point shooter. He played at Geneseo, like a small uh, division three school. And, uh, so he ended up playing over there and while he was over there, he set up this tour for my high school team. So we played in Ireland. So we played like 10 different, uh, club teams. We would stay with the families of the, players and then we played against the national team at the end and so that was like how was that it was amazing it was so much fun and uh and just seeing the world is my first plane ride and and i'm going international like it's so just so crazy and and how were they at basketball irish people at that time i never even heard of the irish league and i follow leagues around the world i think matt gorman from syracuse playing the irish league and he was was a real scrub for us mario (laughs) ellie was the their big star he like he played over there for a little while before or after the Rockets? It was before, like, because his first thing was with Golden State. He was, like, kind of a guy off the bench. And then I think the Rockets, right. like, and then he that won established with the Rockets him. and yeah. the Spurs. And he played in the Irish League. Well, he was just a guy, like, there's guys that just play, like, one year, one year, one year. Like, I have a, a friend who's still playing in, I think he just stopped playing in uh, France. He would just play in France for, like, four or five months come back i think he's a mailman here like for <laughs> well that, that's a let's uh, back to the iron then i want to ask about that yeah. but so then what yeah what level would you say they were at the irish kids well just compared the, to your just your, our i mean we were a great like high school team in new york so we beat everybody pretty soundly in the national team we beat by about I would say 15. And that's the so. high school national team or the adult national team? That's like uh, 18 and under, I think is what it was. Okay, but that's they're probably yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so they're, like, defensively they're good, but they weren't the shooters that obviously, you know, American kids are now. Like, they're more like... But okay. the interesting thing was their girls were on par with the guys. Like, for girls, it wasn't... It wasn't looked down upon to be kind of scrappy and rough and play hard. And yeah. they were as tough as a lot of the guys at certain levels, like at 12 or 13 years old. If you had a girl that was like 5'10 or 5'11. Like that she must was, be like an – Are you? I, I guess you're Irish. Yeah, yeah. That must be an Irish culture thing. I used to play Gaelic football, which I think oh, I really? might maybe talked about on the pot. And uh, the it's the same. The women's team – would just crush like the Irish women are oh, just really? so much much more aggressive than the American women at first. Once like a few games in, the American women can rise to mm-hmm. that aggressive level, but they're not used to it off the bat. They're just getting smashed, right. you know. But now it it is they are being brought up to especially with all this CrossFit bullshit. Like yeah, <laughs> everyone's doing these exercises that were outlawed in the eighties. Like all these sure. women are doing uh, squats. 
and like all the yeah. stuff that was like, no, those are horrible for your knees. Why would you do that? Yeah. And, like, and they're gonna mess up their knees. Women should too. <laughs> yeah. Well, they tell them they get a nice butt, so that's why they'll put like 500 pounds on the squat yeah. rack. Was there anything that you found that they were doing that? Because I feel like international basketball so international that like now there's part of the international game mm-hmm. that affects. U.S. basketball. Like, yeah. It's almost like we started it, and then they started doing it later and learned from us. Right. But then they took it in this different way that now, like, the Golden State Warriors almost play, like, a European style of basketball. Yeah. Was there anything that they were doing that you're like, oh, that's different from what we're doing? Or, or was your team just, like, kind of better across the board because you had it for longer? Well, they, you know, they were all doing the the extra step, like the Euro step, and the uh, there was also the thing about, uh, I don't want to, say it's an Irish thing, but, you know, European guys, basically, European guys will, the taller guys will be finesse players yeah, instead passers, of... High posts. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're more passers, shooters, dribblers, yeah. where in the old, that's what our guys are like now. They don't want to play down low. Like, but in if our, you see, the, like, Paul Gasol, like, Mark Gasol, I think, probably used to rough up Paul. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so that's why he just stays well, out like there. The Spanish hunt. dudes. But our, yeah, but our style was always like, the if you're big, yeah, your job's to just like hit people. So even yeah. in Ireland, they did the Eurostep. So that really was like, Eurostep, we'll put on the on the website. It's this like three step move to get <laughs> yeah. to the basket. It looks like traveling, but you dribble once. But I was finding interesting that Manu Ginobili is the one they always they're like, oh, the per- perfected the Eurostep. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's not European. Right, right. But like Phil, <laughs> Phil Walton just instead, he's like, oh, Manager Ginobili invented don't, don't the Euro step. Well, basically, the, also the thing was like you could stop and then take the extra step. That was like still legal over there. I don't know if it still is, but that was like, and so then, if you like stopped the here, jump then step. you could do another like step to shoot the layup. That oh, was like really? the extra step. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a weird form, form of like so cheating. That's, yeah. That's why those guys don't like, they have to kind of relearn. I mean, the other interesting thing is, so the women worldwide also just play with a guy's ball. That's why the oh, WNBA really? was so messed up because all these people, all these women were playing with a regulation ball. Like a smaller ball. And so the WNBA is a small ball, so they got to learn how to shoot this smaller ball. Oh, and that's so, weird. Yeah. Oh, what is the Olympics, the women's Olympics? Do they play with a small ball or the big ball? No, I think they just play with a regu- regulate. I think the women's ball is just like a United States thing. I used to, uh, I played pickup a lot in China. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you about that because they love basketball there, right? They absolutely love basketball. Yeah, yeah I was introduced. Uh, the NBA has been shown on TV since 85. But then the first NBA game in China I actually went to in 2004. It was like I'd been there like one month in the country. And the Kings, Sacramento Kings were playing the Rockets. Oh, okay. And so Yao Ming had just had been drafted like a year or two earlier. And that's when it just like exploded. Okay. And the whole country's Rockets fans. Oh, really? And, yeah, to <laughs> the until, point. Until there's another Chinese legend. But when you play pickup, no, the, the team sports, there's no high school basketball. Or basically if you're good at any sport, or bas- mm-hmm. basketball included, when you're like 12, you just get sent to a school specifically for basketball. Right, right. And so you also like have to do regular studies, but your high school is geared towards sports. Oh, wow. So if you know, how do you get selected for that? Like you have to try out? No, it's not like they measure your bone. Like if you're tall, they'll just like throw you in that school. So they would have screwed you up. You know, so you (laughs) wouldn't have made it. You wouldn't be in it. Yeah, that's the thing that's crazy is especially even, I think I was 16 when I graduated high school. So like when people start talking about, oh, he could have gone to prep school for a year. Like I would have definitely been benefited for something like that. Like I, you know, but. But the thing is they pick you. 
you wouldn't have been picked because right, they essentially right. just pick the tallest kids and they yeah. go, we're going to teach them how to play basketball. But so for them, that that style of like picking kids and just driving whatever sport into them works. They found it works really well for individual sports. Oh, okay. That's why they're really good at like diving and even like ping pong. Tennis, Because yeah. you can take tennis because you can take one kid and just teach them. But team sports, it's a disaster. Right. Uh, because you're drilling each kid individually. And, mm. and also like, together. I mean, and you know this, like so much of of what like makes like basketball in America and and uh, football too, but like you p- kids work the amount of time that you spend like because you love it like you know mm-hmm. you can't this can't be like forced on you like yeah these kids spend like like I was thinking like you must have like I was wondering like when you finished college like it must be like this weird feeling of like because like you've been like getting up every day you've been shooting yeah. you've been drills you've been doing camps you're doing AU all this stuff. It's like the amount of hours. You have to love it. Otherwise, well, it's you yeah. must have loved it. Yeah. Well, the thing was, so after that was over, it was like, do you, do you, there's this thing where, do you want to keep playing? Are you going to coach? Are you going to, and you kind of went through all the bullshit of like the politics of, you know, wh- how am I going to get noticed or do I have anybody speaking for me as far as playing? And so I had a couple friends and my coach that used to play for the Washington Generals, which right. they the way they did that was that there was like four or five touring teams. And, and so they would play against the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, the team that always plays the Harlem Globetrotters. They would always play against the Harlem Globetrotters and they would tour all over the place. And my buddy did this. My they buddy to Shanghai. Yeah, yeah, all they, over the world. They go everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that, that'd be a good job for. Well, that's the thing need... that was so weird. But you have to lose every single game. Exactly. Cry, yeah. <laughs> and I took it so seriously. Then my buddy Nate O'Neill, who he did my podcast too, he played with Adonis Foyle at Colgate, okay. and he ended up playing for the Generals for a couple seasons. And this is back Chose when Colgate over Syracuse. So he, and this is back when like you got to have plane tickets and there's no internet and all that kind of stuff. He was traveling worldwide like when it was still hard, you know. Can you tell us a little bit how that works? So, first of all, how do you even is it when like you come out of college? Or? Well, yeah, when you come out of college, you were just mentioned for a second, but you almost yeah. have to have a connect. Is it like getting a regular job? I think you so. Need a yeah, connection. You need to know some guy. He gets you an interview almost. Like the only out. reason I would have known it is because I knew I knew two guys were doing it, and my coach had done it. So I was like, hey, I can call that guy if you you're interested in doing it. And I was kind of like offended because I was like. You know, it seems like a sideshow. Professional loser. Well, because the yeah. Washington <laughs> Generals don't actually do any tricks, so it's more right. like casting. Like they want to look or something. Like what are they like? Well, you the just whole, have to be able to play basketball. A little bit, yeah. Because yeah. you do play. There's certain, you know, it's structured well, like a show. Be, yeah, good at basketball, of course. So you, you know, they do the bit, and then there's like you just play. Like there is certain right. points of the show where you're just playing, and right. so that's what you gotta look like you can play yeah, or whatever. You gotta be able whatever. to make shots because they do have moments where like the generals keep it close. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my friend told me he's like, it combined my three favorite things: uh, traveling, shooting threes, and playing no defense. Nice. <laughs> you know, I took. Amazing. I went to see the Harlem Globetrotters like a year or two ago. I took my son, who's now five, but oh, the time cool. he was like three, and I used some connection through work to get like amazing seats. Oh, this okay. is what I use them for. And I realized something about the Globetrotters is that you, there's, like, a cutoff of age where they don't care because they don't appreciate. Oh, like, he really? didn't realize what they were doing was cool. Oh, like I see. Never been he to wasn't bas- old enough to like realize. he never been to a regular basketball yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So, oh. like, now it's, like, well. He didn't realize, yeah, like, when you get, like, water poured over your head while you're <laughs> like, shooting a three. Like, he had fun, but it wasn't, like, yeah, he wasn't, like, laughing about that. Well, like, to finish, but to go back to that China thing, I was just to finish that up real quick. So the kids uh, don't learn. It ties in with the Globetrotters. They don't learn. Uh, they just learn what they see on TV. Uh, They're not yeah. really getting coached that much. Right. So the kids at regular schools. And so whenever you play pickup, 
that's not the kids from like the private schools. That's the kids at regular schools, and they can all do one on one moves that they've seen in like Nike commercials, mm. and then that's it. Oh, that's funny. so you'll be guarding a guy, and he'll dribble between his legs like seven times in a row, not moving. Anywhere, he's yeah. gonna cross and then over, just he goes like back and forth, and then throw it over the backboard when he shoots a three. You know, so it's a, it's like totally a one-on-one game. Now that I'm thinking about it, I would recommend next time you go out anywhere on the road, we're gonna talk about it in a minute. But I would re- like it's other countries. Go play pickup basketball. Yeah, I'd love to. The only thing is your idea. You said here that like you don't look like a basketball uh-huh. player, and so you can slide under the radar. Will not happen there. Right? They don't. Oh, really? Because <laughs> the fact they don't if, know what you look if you're in, looks like. Well, if you're in like Vietnam and they see that you're a white guy, yeah, that's essentially like being a like six foot ten black guy. Right. Right. <laughs> like they're just like, whoa, pass him the ball. He's gonna be amazing. So I've gone out to the courts with friends who I'm decent. I haven't played in a while, but they would be just absolutely terrible. Yeah. But everyone would pass to them because they just assumed they were good because they were American, and then everyone's immediately disappointed when they have no idea what they're doing. You know? But do people like playing, or are they just like watching it? No, they love playing. Yeah. The pickup courts are filled. You okay. Know? Yeah, everyone's playing, especially in China. It's That's huge. Awesome. Um, but yeah, they'll assume you're good, no matter <laughs> if you're just American. Yeah. You know? That's so funny. I only played, I played pickup ball once in Jerusalem. Oh, oh well, yeah. probably good. And, well, we were shooting around. These guys were chatting with them. It's pretty whatever. Like, let's play a game, three on three. We're about to play, and the guy that was on my team just goes, all right, let's go. We'll just divide up. Us the U3, USA versus Israel. Let's go. <laughs> USA versus Israel. <laughs> and then the guy on the other team looked at him, got very serious. He's like, USA versus Palestine. I was like, oh, whoops. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so wow. That's a grudge match. We're, we're Jeez. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, especially, you know, like I was saying, I was trying to separate myself from it because I ended up not, not going into coaching. I got into TV sports. And, yeah, and, you were a uh, sports anchor yeah, in so, Chico, California. And that was when the Kings were just, like, I was there the last year of Bobby Hurley. And uh, <laughs> that's how... Big fan. That's how small this this the world is where I grew up. So the guy who was my coach in as a freshman who played in Ireland that set up our tour coached at the College of Charleston, and one of his players was Anthony Johnson. And Anthony Johnson is the one who took uh, on Bobby Kings. Hurley's job. Yeah, yeah. on the Sacramento Kings. You were, there yeah, from, yeah. you were there in Northern California from 97 to 2000. Right. That's exactly... From you were in high school then, right? I was. That was all through oh, okay. my high school. Did you cover his high school games? And uh, I don't think we know? went that far south. <laughs> I was watching your highlights, because uh-huh. also we'll put those on, of you... When you're living in Chico, that was 97, 2000. The Kings yeah. were like just on their way, right, up. right. And you were, they were, and they you were had fun. all these. Uh, you were interviewing them post game interviews. Yeah. So I was watching one where you were interviewing Olden Polonies. Right, right. And it was what had happened was Olden Polonies had been on the Kings. Yeah. He left to go to Seattle. He said something bad about the city or the fans yeah, yeah. or something. And his first game back. The whole city, the whole stadium booing him, was yeah. booing him. Okay, so my friends and I started the chant "OP sucks" <laughs> for the first time, and then he flipped us off and he got fined ten thousand dollars, and that hilarious. was the game. Oh, that's so funny. And then I was watching that yesterday, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" And then you interviewed him when he's like super pissed off, yelling at all the yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm surprised. Like, I think at some point they were trying to get that on Sports Center, like to national news, because he's basically just swearing. He's like, "These fans, I care less about." <laughs> Uh, yeah, da- it's great. David Stern, they can kiss my ass. Like, <laughs> and he was still living in Sacramento. He's like, yeah, all yeah. I care about is my business in Sacramento <laughs> and my family in what Sacramento. Was I have no idea, but like, you're not supporting your business when you're saying yeah. the whole city sucks. Yeah, that was the same game. Like Gary Payton, I got got in a like uh, that. Vladi Divac like faked his uh, 
getting a headbutt, (laughs) as usual. And then Gary Payton, great European move, looking looking at me like he was trying to stare me down. And I don't know if that part was in it, but he's like. I don't want to talk about the D-Vox situation. One note situation. Oh, that wasn't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you asked him. What do you think yeah, about the yeah, D-Vox situation? Me. Yeah. But then we were goofing around. I mean, it was it was a fun thing because I mean, I was just living on my own. I was covering like the high school. Like Aaron Rodgers was going to high school at Chico. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else was there. I covered talent. Yeah, oh, yeah, Northern Set California, down. man. I covered. Uh, it was the first year of John Gruden, so uh, he the had Raiders? this. He had this running back, uh, uh, John Ritchie, who mm-hmm. ended up being Artie yeah. Lang's sidekick on his, uh, oh, on his show. On his so radio. we literally like TV show. He yeah. he's a guy he's kind a of attached to Philly now, isn't he? But yeah, yeah he's yeah. Uh, he's the Eagles. Went yeah. to the Super Bowl with the Eagles and yeah. uh, didn't win that one. But. Great, great guy. Yeah. Went to Stanford, uh, and I just covered him. Like basically, they had like Charles Woodson. They had like all these. They had like five Heisman Trophy winners. So Trophy he's like Garner. the nobody, and so I'm like, just talking to him because I'm like, oh, you're no the big, you're the big star in this, you know, <laughs> yeah, situation. And so we became friends, and then he ended up on Artie's show. So then we we ended up like bonding again. Like how you know you're you're doing TV now, and I'm a comedian, and then we both end up on the same show. Like yeah, that's a good like, lesson that you never know when you're going to be networking for anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So with comedy, now you are, uh, you just did a tour. I don't know how long ago was that. You did a tour. Of, you went to Vietnam, yeah. my neck of the woods, Singapore, Vietnam, right, right. Hong Kong. For the Magnus Fest. Oh, I was going to say real quick. So the one thing that did happen with the the sport, so so I did that for two or three years, and that's what got me into comedy. Like I had, oh. to, do, I had to do news and sports, and I basically did like daily show stuff at a real station. You know, I was In, just goofing around. Yeah. Yeah, those are great clips. Yeah. Those are watching on there. Yeah, yeah. We watch so, those too. You're the sports guy. But you're like coming on like a comedian, like cracking up the host, which, can, which is right. really a fine line because when they do it, when it's done poorly, yeah, like the John Oliver show will show clips, some you know, like shows will show it, it could be, it could be a disaster when like yeah. the weatherman is trying to be too funny, right, right. But you walk the line, but if you do it right, it's great. And it's I always hated that. You were yeah. killing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the funny, thing, and that's the weekend too. So that you know, when the weekend you can kind of get it, get is away that low with low pressure. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, because nobody's there. <laughs> <laughs> the boss's boss hands out. Yeah. Nice. Well, it's a weird thing. I've been trying to analyze it because I always loved Norm McDonald, Weekend Update, all that stuff. My and favorite. I loved Letterman. And the whole thing was like Letterman was a weatherman. Yeah. And, you know, he and then he became a comedian. So it was like, so was he funny enough that they thought he should be a comedian from being on the weather? So, so something in my brain maybe thought like, hey, if he's good on, if I'm good at this, then the maybe they'll step. give me... You Craig know. Kilborn was the same. He was like a right. local sports guy, and then and then uh, ESPN, and then comedian. Yeah, late night show. And so it was such a weird thing to even uh, to get into stand up because the only reason I did it was because oh it'll help me be funny on the air. Like I thought that was the that's hilarious because I was a sports guy, but I didn't know how to be on TV. I didn't know okay like, how to act or so you, you thought know. it'd be like a good yeah good skill to have to yeah. help you on the air. And uh, so that you did it in Sacramento. Yeah, that's where I started. Laughs Unlimited. Nice. Shout out. You played there. I played Laughs Unlimited. Yeah. So punchline. The punchline. Yeah. I was well, there they were like the competitors. Ago, right? So yeah. So it's uh, it, it was kind of a cool introduction because I wouldn't have done stand up if I hadn't done the sports anchor stuff first. How's the, so? How was the Magnus Festival in Asia? Yeah, yeah. Well, my thing that I was gonna ask you is sure. so I loved going to. Vietnam was the first place I went to, and I was really scared. And, and I went to Switzerland with Ari, and we did this festival. And we we're 
only doing like five minutes on this big showcase thing, and most of the people were speaking French, and you're super overanalyzing everything. But by the time I went back to Asia, I was like, no, I'm just going to do my show. Like, if they understand English, they should get most of this. Sure. And, you know, I'll, I'll find my way through it. But, you know, so the first bar show I did in Vietnam, I was like, uh, I was kind of bulletproof. And I was just like, yeah, everyone was asking me why would I come to do a show uh, in Vietnam? And I said, to finish what we started, you know, oh, no. <laughs> and so it destroyed because nice. you're in like this Australian <laughs> like bar X-Max. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of set. yeah. I've heard there's a lot of like. <laughs> so how did you manage like? Because they still are a little like uh, restrictive on language and stuff there, right? Yeah. So I mean, basically, the rule is don't say anything about the government, right? But beyond that, there's no rule. The government is great. We're on too, so. <laughs> yeah, don't say anything bad about the government. Yeah. But did they have to, like, approve a script or something? Wasn't that one of the things? Um, that is if you want to go and do, like, theater. If you're if oh, Chris okay. Rock's coming, yeah. you know, that would be one of the things. Yeah. If you're coming and you're doing our rooms, which are essentially, we have a club in Shanghai, but then beyond that, we set up bar shows around the country. Yeah. Um, and we hit one, then it's 100 expats in the back of a bar, right. like you were doing in Vietnam. Yeah. No, because it doesn't affect... If you're, especially if you're doing it in English, if you're speaking in English to mostly foreign people, mm-hmm. they're kind of logical about it. And they're like, well, we know this is going on, but it's not worth our time to go through it all. Uh, so see. you're not warping the minds of our people. So mm-hmm. do, do whatever you want. You so know? It's better than a college campus. Still, but it's, not <laughs> it's much better than a college campus. Yeah. But if you were to, yeah, if you're going to put on like a 5,000 seat huge stadium thing, then yes, they have to go line by line, approve everything you're going to say. I imagine oh, Chris Rock hasn't done and, that, has he? Chris Rock has not come yeah. out. So there's a club in Ottawa that uh, this Chinese guy that used to live there wanted to become an agent, and so he wanted to bring comics over there. And so he brought these two guys over and didn't have a lot of money, so it was basically like a guy who would be a feature maybe and then like a door guy. So it's like not That'd be the show. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he just wanted to like do these bar shows, so he scheduled like 10 bar shows or something like that. And then somehow I'll show you the video because I didn't believe the story either. So basically, they end up uh, performing for like some like really high level like government people, and it's like in Canada. No, in uh, in China. These guys went from Canada to China. So they're in China. I might know this guy. Okay. I got to think of his name. He's a high-level government guy. Turner knows him. No, no, no. I might know the guy who brought a Chinese guy who used to live in Canada who brought these people to China. Yeah. Okay, keep going. And so I guess about half the shows got canceled. They did a few of them. And then he gets them. This guy must have talked their way into this huge gig where I guess it was one of the girls who won, like, some uh, sang at the Olympics was, like, the singer. And then they had, it was Miss China. It was a Miss China thing. Okay. So <laughs> so these guys get in there, and they're both kind of like, oh, and it's televised, too. It's going to be televised. And, yeah. the, of course, these guys are never going to laugh at them. And then, and then the guy just decides, like, hey, uh, can you guys not do comedy? <laughs> like, basically, <laughs> like, the you're the sentence. 30s definition of entertainer. Can't you guys just do a dance number or yes. sing instead? So these two idiots end up singing. No. Yeah. Well, they're like, what? I mean, no one knows the difference, right? So one guy sang, like, a door song, 
<laughs> and barely like kind of got through it, but you can still see everyone have, just kind of like looking at each other. Or he just starts singing. Yeah, yeah, just karaoke music. Oh. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be amazing if then the Chinese government outlawed the Doors song? Yeah, the Doors. <laughs> They're like, whoa, whoa, yeah. you can't. Come on, baby, light my fire. Yeah, Let's spend the night together. Yeah. <laughs> so then the other guy who can't sing at all uh, sings "My Girl," which. <laughs> He That's tried a- to recreate five voices with one shitty voice and just just basically embarrasses whoever this guy was. Sure. And they're just basically like, I think you guys should stay up in the... Okay, can I complete yeah. this story? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so on my end, uh-huh. I had just started an open mic when this was going on, and that Chinese-Canadian guy had paid however much he paid for these people to come over. I don't really know what it was. Yeah, yeah. But... He kind of freaked out because he realized all the shows were getting canceled. He had no way to make his money back. And so he somehow came to me, found me. I wasn't in in Shanghai. I was in Suzhou. It's off-city. We'd been doing an open mic for like six months and literally a free open mic. Our friends were showing up to watch. Mm -hmm. And he asked me to pay $10,000. He's like, hey, do you want to put a show on in your open mic space? I'm like, yeah, sure. He goes, okay, pay me $10,000, and I'll give you these professional American comedians. Oh, Jesus. And then, I was, first of all, I was like, $10,000, no. Secondly, I looked at the comics. I'm like, I've never heard of these people. Yeah, yeah. And I just cut it off. But then you're that, I, you're filling in the end of the That's story. That's hilarious. They went on to sing Doors songs yeah. on TV. But I mean, I you think they, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your open mic, tell them, but the guy's about to perform, be like, no, words from a pie. Yeah, exactly. you guys got to sing tonight. <laughs> but there's video of all this too. Yeah. I didn't and then, of, of those guys singing and like zooming in on the people. You have the video? It. It's on YouTube. Yeah, uh, I got the well, links. I, I gotta show it to you. Because then this guy desperately went around the country to other people similar to me, trying to get anyone to. But he was asking for ten thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. To as we so know, I don't know how he got. Well, I don't know. Anyway, he the guy had no no concept of what he was doing. Right. To get him on the and so uh, there's a good name here. Once we started going, we did it a lot more. Um, I would say sensibly, I guess. Yeah. We started so Ari small. did it, right? And then... Ari did it. We were already a few years in at that point. We Wasn't started- there like a... Didn't Butch Bradley try to do something there too for a while? Or was he... Butch Bradley did it through us. Oh, he did through... Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So he was the first headliner we brought out. We'd been doing an open mic for like two or three years at that point. Oh, okay. And we slowly building the scene, and then we brought Butch out. I see. And he was already in Hong Kong. We brought him up. And then we started bringing... Apollo Gata came next. I don't know if you know yeah, Paul. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Paul's awesome. And uh, people like that, and eventually Ari, and, you know, kind of oh, got cool. bigger. We just had Eddie Izzard just played. Oh, nice. Um, we do get permits for those. He did a 700-seat room in oh, Shanghai. Oh, wow. I want to do my, like, you know, everyone talks about, I mean, that's my true thing is, like, I've done almost every show you can do, and I can work clean. I can work, like, I don't see that as, like, oh, it's fucking with my creativity. It's, like, I, I did a show at, like, a cancer treatment, like, a uh, place for, like, families and stuff at, like, Monday at 5 o'clock, and I'm killing for these people and and use the term killing (laughs) 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 but it's like when i see stuff like that it's like and i can make the or you go to another country and you can do a song for them what's that (laughs) but it's like so those are the things that like make me feel like oh i'm doing something that well, that's kind of special, you know. So. And then that also stretches your creativity. I think so. Because if you have to work around whatever parameters, anyone can do it. You just have to think a little bit. See, that's why I feel. Don't do your cancer jokes. Yeah, you know? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not offended by anything. So yeah. So for me, if some, I understand. Like, oh, these guys don't want you making fun of their religion, or they don't want, want to hear the the f word because they'll just shut off and not not listen anymore. So my my other goal was to. 
and it's weird now because TV is basically dying in the United States. Yes. But I still want to do like the Tonight Show of of other countries. Like I want to do That's the cool Late Late way. Show in Ireland. I want to do like there's a guy in Denmark that approached me about something, and then. Uh, uh, Comedy Central Asia came to our shows. Yeah. So I was like, what if I could do like four or five like late night spots in like these different countries and, and kind of put that together? That's one of my ideas. So. Yeah, Paul Ogata, who's a comedian out of L.A., yeah. has made his career, I think he's toured Asia like 30 times right. or something, and he's now, his first half hour, Comedy Central half hour, is Comedy Central Asia. That's awesome. He's doing that in like a month. Yeah. So And he's going to be in the pot, on the pod in August. All right. He's coming to New yeah, York. Yeah, he's a really good friend of mine. He actually... Same. Yeah. We did a, we did. He set up this showcase for the Letterman show in in Hawaii. Nice. And I opened for Don Ho through Paul. <laughs> Tiny bubbles, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what's cool. Comedy now, like basketball, it's global. Yeah, it can be all over the world, right? And I and there's European a, comics flop. Is that no? Do they flop? <laughs> <laughs> do Chinese basketball players flop? That's a totally golf course here. But is that a thing, or is it just a European? It's no, it's you know what? It's halfway between because they're they're like partially not basketball, soccer they do because oh, yeah. soccer they're influenced by Europe, right? But basketball they're influenced by America. Oh, okay, good. So, yeah, all too. right, so before we're going to get to the news, yeah, yeah, uh, sorry before, about that. But no, it's no, no, fascinating to me because I do truly like I'm really interested in all these other cultures and and the fact that you can do a joke about a mattress in. New York and Anywhere. it works in Vietnam is like fascinating to me. And it's one of those things like you want to figure out what makes, if you're a comedian, truly a comedian, you shouldn't get pissed off when people don't get you. You need to find a way to make them laugh. So yep. if I can find some, a joke that works, I mean, that would be the interesting thing is like, could I do the same set in Ireland that I could do in Singapore, like on a TV show or something like I that? I think you can. Yeah. It's pretty I mean, fascinating to me. I don't think this is like breaking news, but it, it seems like to me, what I've learned is that the, if the joke relies on a reference, right. you can't do it. But if the joke, if the reference is in the setup, you mm -hmm. can do it. If the reference is in the punchline, you can't, you know? Right. So if it's like, yeah, I was at um, Little Caesars, it's a pizza place. Yeah, yeah. And then you do a joke about a pizza place, boom, you can do it. Yeah. But if it's like, so blah, 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 and then, you know, Little Caesars. Right, right. It won't work because they don't know what the hell Little Which Caesars is. Like is. Every Former <laughs> Little Caesars delivery boy, I'm offended that the world doesn't know Little Caesars. But. Which is, that's like every set on Conan right now is like these, reference. this reference at the end. It's ridiculous. That makes it feel like it's... it's you know, on the Joker. Yeah, not. yeah. And it's like... Uh, I cannot stand that type of comedy. Well, yeah. And the other the other thing is the, the food over there. Like Ari is kind of like throws caution to the wind, but I'm still, like, I don't think I've ever had, like, food poisoning or anything, because I'm just very, like, conscious of, like, that looks like I'm going to get sick. <laughs> like, All right, you just, like, Giffen and those guys had, like, scorpion and everything like that. I was like, I'm pretty sure. That here's I'm, the thing. Yeah. No one actually eats that on a daily basis. Right. It's just like, hey, here's a foreigner. Let's screw yeah. them and give them scorpion. Hey. <laughs> but mostly, like, if you order them for breakfast. Like, no. What do you want for breakfast? They're so, like, I don't know. We got uh, Frosted Flakes. Or right. Whatever. Like, even, you know, everywhere you are. I mean, I guess, whatever. There's, there's local stuff. But it doesn't. Bar it's better it, for the environment. It doesn't veer stuff, too far off of eggs. Right, right. Everybody has eggs. Which I've never had an egg. That's oh, really? Had. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you're not going to make it. <laughs> you know, this is why you're 5'9". Like you, you could have been 6'2". I was, you was going to say, did you see Rocky? Yeah. yeah you got to pound, had, uh, pound yeah, eggs. Never had eggs, never had coffee. 
I have a bunch of weird ones. <laughs> anyway, nice. Well, okay, before we yeah, do the news, what do you want to, anything you want to promote? Just uh, everything's, uh, uh, all the podcast stuff is on paulhasawebsite.com. That's my uh, thing. So I have the Alley Oop podcast, which I've had, you know, Artie Lang, Jim Gaffigan. Uh, had the, the Nate O'Neill was on the, the guy who played for Washington Generals. Come to Papa, I do a podcast with Tom Papa and all the tour dates. I'm in... Uh, Headline of the Comedy Store in La Jolla, uh, Montreal, Comedy Nest, um, Toronto. Um, yeah, I'll be all over. So thanks again website. for having me. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. If you want to stick around for the news, you can. If you got to run, that's fine, too. But yeah, let's, I'll, I'll stick let's around to the for the news. Sticking around. All right, let's get to the news. Everybody, uh, now first news story of the week. Oh, we going to poop news for this one. <laughs> this is right. from the New York Post. This is a regular segment. The Pros- news. Poop news. It's a brand new. new it's a brand new the regular segment. Yeah, Aaron Roots is going to write a song for this. And uh, Prospect Park boosters spend two point three million dollars in taxpayer money to install four com- com- post. post. <laughs> Composting toilets is the word, which these toilets will collect human waste that they hope then can later be spread around the park as fertilizer. Uh, this is very American. Yeah, God, coming from living disgusting. abroad for so long, this is the most like recycle. I think at some point recycling goes too far, and I think it's are when these like porta potties. No, these uh, are these are actual toilets at the park. Right, but then the the the. The shit all gets <laughs> caught somewhere. Human and manure. The, and they're going to take it back around the park and plant it to fer- use as fertilizer to keep the park going. At some point, you just got to throw stuff away. Can't they just t- wait? All the dog owners who don't pick up their poop, can't they just recycle that? Like, why do they need human poop? Well, I don't know. But here's the, <laughs> the added problem is that um, it says just one catch. Spreading human manure, as they call it, around in public spaces mm. is currently illegal in yeah, the state of New it York. causes diseases. Damn government. So there's Always getting in the way of business innovation. $2.3 million <laughs> down the drain. On four, it's four toilets. It costs $2.3 million. Well, it's basically <laughs> like they need, to, they need to do it like, uh, like driving range, you know, like a section. That gets used up, then they can just kind of block it off and then use the other part. That's yeah, what they need to you do. Yeah, a guy out there, like, in a... In but, a... but I assume the smell will be terrible year-round. I, I mean, yes. <laughs> like, I don't see how that's going to be. Prospects Park is near where I live, too. Yeah. That'd be, like, a fun... You should contribute. <laughs> just I mean, takes, I, you know, you, starts taking you shits in the park. Seven uh, Eleven meals of yours and go to work. Or, yeah, why do you even need the toilets? Just uh, make it public... To for people crap to on shit the ground. In the park. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, save two point three million dollars. I'll take a dump in the park. Yeah, I mean, it's telling you, people have dogs. They take dumps in the park. They do. People are supposed to pick it up, but you're right. Just leave it. <laughs> a lot of people do. It's a whole. Get you, a you read how this works, by the way. I've found that since coming back to America, there's most of most of what is going on right now is just completely insane. I would put this in that category. But ten years or twelve years, that's is kind of crazy that you stay there that long. Twelve years, two thousand four. And it came back in late 2016. And also, there's stuff that, like, like this is a perfect example of stuff that in other countries, like, other countries a lot don't have, like, a lot, of, there are places in China where a toilet is just two bricks on the ground. Right. You stand on the two bricks, you take a shit on the ground. We're paying money to right. do what other countries do for free because they can't afford to do 
Well, yeah, yeah. Have two bricks don't cost two point three million dollars. No. <laughs> yeah, but you know where that money's going. Like but where sh- does the hole go? That's the. That's what. Okay. You well, this out. is what it says. Yeah. yeah read how it works. Goes. No, yeah. but in China, you said, "Where does that hole go?" That's what. Oh, I'm right. saying there's no hole. Oh. It's literally just shit on the ground. And oh, then I see. At Who, some point later on, somebody gets a shovel and picks it up and covers. <laughs> that's it up. a job. They, they create. That's in, that's how you create jobs. Exactly. So for here, where the, <laughs> the where, shoveler. Yeah, that's what they do in China. It says instead of water, a, this is pretty gross. Do you want me to read this? <laughs> well, no. I would just skip ahead to see what the secret the secret ingredient is here at the bottom. I, is that, uh, like the fertilizer? Is that the point? I think it's a good way to waste two point three million dollars. I mean, I'm trying to see it from both sides here. Like, what? what is there is that? no other side. Right. Ask your dads in Brooklyn. All right. All right. Last story of the week, baby. Oh, parking spot news. This comes to us from Hong Kong because of your tour. I want to include this in. In many places, $664,000 can buy you a nice house. For that price in Hong Kong, you can buy a slab of concrete, roughly 17 feet long, 11 feet wide, to leave your luxury car. So this guy bought. A parking space now. Hong Kong is such like a compact city. Mm-hmm. A parking spot costs six hundred sixty-four grand. What does it cost in New York? A parking uh, to park to park. Like if you want to rent a spot, because I don't have a car. You have a car, right? I park like- on the street. So my, oh, my, you street. know what it costs me? It costs me about one hundred twenty dollars a year because they break your glass about once a year. Someone breaks, you got to get it fixed. I know a guy, <laughs> okay. but yeah, and sp- your tickets. Yeah, I do get a couple tickets a year for <laughs> stupid. Yeah, I just got one this week. Uh, but anyway, uh, a parking spot in Manhattan is almost a thousand dollars a month yeah, if you have an SUV. Thousand dollars a month. Yeah, to get like a a lot. I mean, like, a, like an underground garage. My gosh. In Long Island City, where I live, it's about two fifty, three hundred a month. Okay. Um, did you have a car over there at all? I did. I had a car in China. Yeah, the first couple years it was great because no one had cars. Uh-huh. Two thousand five, two thousand six. And then it just flipped, like 2007, 8, 9, 10. Everyone started getting cars. My office, I was the only, when we got there, I was the only car. It was a four or five story building mm. with different companies on each level. I was the only car in the whole parking lot. And then by the end, you couldn't, you'd have to get there like a half an hour early to even get a spot. Oh, wow. Did oh. you ever go moped or no? I did, the first year I was there, I had a moped, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, my school got it for me. I taught it English, yeah. and as part of my signing bonus, I got a moped. Oh, you that's a signing hilarious. bonus? Yeah, wow. that, that was the signing bonus because wow. they really wanted like, me. It was, get you into the, under the cap. Yeah, and then uh, I lost it on purpose because I hated my boss, so I didn't want to have to give it back to him, so I just left it unlocked at the end of my contract <laughs> and it got stolen on the street. <laughs> that's amazing. And uh, But the car, the parking was... Free for a while, and then one day, like overnight, when the city started getting filled up, because mm-hmm. these cities were not designed for cars at all. Oh, right. So there's no lots anywhere. But back when, even 15 years ago, no one had cars, so you could park on the street easily. And then once everyone really rapidly started getting cars, now it's a shit show. There's yeah. no lots. Everyone, there's a certain number of spots, but those go right away, right in the morning, and then you just have to get a ticket. Right. So people park on the street because there are no other spots, and then the cops just come around and give their own tickets. But so. what about the 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 bill? Did you ever see the thing on Vice about the the white guys who can just be like white guys at parties and stuff? Oh yeah, they have that. But they have those like kind of abandoned. It's Turner. Uh, yeah. I oh was a, yeah. I was a white guy at a party. You did do that? I never got paid. No. Oh, but really? uh, you're saying the people who did it professionally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what they would do? On the pod. They would come. Um, you could yeah, go you could out. be like a doctor opening a hospital as long as you're like an American guy. Right, you're 
they well, would give you a script of, and oh, you, you're playing the part. Yeah, yeah but the, the reason or... why is because whoever was getting all the whoever was funding the hospital or the construction project had told these investors that it was backed by an American company when uh, it actually wasn't. Yeah. And so then when it came time to like yeah. open show on American, they needed some American there to claim he was the 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 backer yeah. or whatever he was somehow it's involved like somebody goes into labor or something and you're like the doc- oh, doctor American doctor <laughs> and so yeah. I spoke Chinese I had friends who would do this and they would tell you like don't speak Chinese you're not allowed uh, because you just got here from the US you know nothing about China you have to act like you don't know anything back to the story for a second why is the parking spot so expensive in Hong Kong because like, there's no parking in Hong Kong 664000 I have no idea. That's, that's a lot of money down what's there what's more expensive that or because uh, Singapore is really rich right like Singapore that. and Hong Kong are both incredibly rich. Yeah. Right. Incredibly okay. expensive. Singapore's more expensive, though, right? Like a beer is like $20. But, but it seems like people move there for jobs, though. Specifically, yeah. yeah. For like some high end shit. But so back to the China thing, though, whenever I did get a ticket, the upside is a ticket is like $8. And it's written in Chinese and you can't read it. So. Yeah. So you don't have to pay it. That's the rules. <laughs> exactly. All right. Yeah, you could just pro- just left the country. That's probably what you're why you're here. Nah, I'm escaping. We just figured it all out. Parking tickets. Yeah, that's <laughs> the pod. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Paul, guys. for doing yeah, it. Thanks for having yeah. me. Appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate it's it. Fun. It's been great. Until next time, Kaplan, what should we get lost? Get lost. Since I was a little baby, I always be dribbling. In fact, I was the baddest dribbler in the whole neighborhood. Then one day, my mama bought me a basketball, and I love that basketball. I took that basketball with me everywhere I went. That basketball was like a basketball to me. Chill it help me out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.